Six members of one family have been found shot to death in Amityville, Long Island. I had no control over that. I had to be possessed by the devil. Ronald DeFeo said that there were ghosts in the house. He said that there were devils on his back and that something was wrong with the house. Well, this was not the Amityville horror case at that time. That was the beginning of a supernatural adventure. When traumatic events happen, sometimes that energy gets trapped. Could be the rocks that make up the foundation. Could be parts of the wall. I fell in love with the house. My description of the house was I thought it was charming. That is so frightening to me, that you would be enamored in a place that scary. I think that what happened there to the Lutzes, it wanted them just like it got the DeFeos. The feelings were very, very depressing. All of these spirits, they were there almost mocking you. It was horrible. Devils do exist. Demons do exist. I remember saying, I hope this is as close to hell as I'll ever get. Presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on why it's called Democide. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 286 of the Art and Jacob Blue America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P., and sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. Archo. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions, what the fuck is going on, guys? Guys, go to kmancoffee.com, check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee bean, they got the hibiscus tea, they got the cacao butter, they got everything your heart will desire. Uh, guys, it's, it's almost wintertime, so go bust out that fucking sweatpants. They got... They have those, by the way. They got caveman coffee sweatpants. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm thinking about buying myself a pair. I'm not sure yet. Not Sitting yet. on the couch with some caveman coffee sweatpants with a big old mug of caveman coffee. You know what's a good look? Sweatpants with like a flannel. Mm. I feel like Joe Rogan would approve. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do that and just walk around with a big old caveman tumbler. Uh, but guys, use promo code America to to receive 15% off. Um, that's it. I'll keep it short and sweet. There you go. So, uh, well, that's it, guys. Make sure you check out our other sponsors, guys. I need everybody to head on over to SuperApparel.com, one of the great and powerful 
Nicole Smith-Bosch has put together an illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. So head on over there, buy everything that you want, throw it in your cart, buy two, buy three, because Christmas is coming and all sorts of weird holidays that you got to buy people gifts for. Uh, and maybe you just might want to like put some stuff in your closet. You know, there's always like those surprise gifts you got to buy for like Aunt Gertrude or some shit. So uh, going over to Sucre Apparel, buy as much as you can buy with your stimulus check that you might have less left over from the United States government. Uh, and but before you check out, guys, I need you guys to enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole Smith Bosch will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But guys. We're not here to talk about sweatpants and cuddling up on the couch with a big old mug of caveman coffee while you watch Krampus or any other favorite holiday movie you might be wanting to watch. But we're not in the Christmas season. We're still, goddammit, in the Halloween spirit. This is our final episode for the month of October. And boy, it's a doozy. But Art, what are we here to talk about today? Guys, we're here to talk about the Amityville Whorehouse. Mm. Whorehouse. Some people call it a whorehouse. The best little whorehouse in New York. Yeah. Ah, dude, you know what? Upstate New York, there's like a romance to it, dude. You know, people think about, you know, the city of New York. New York, New York. Right. Hey, you fucking Mama Duke, yeah. And like hot dogs and shit. You know, people are like, hey, where's the gobbledygook? And it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like, um, it's bu- it's busy. It's like you know Smells New York like street pee-pee. rats. Everyone's seen that video that that rat pulling the pizza. Yeah, it reminds me of like Ninja Turtles. Like Raphael is like moving yeah. over the manhole cover and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But upstate New York, there. I always think like it just sounds so romantic. Like, mm-hmm. like shout out to anyone that lives in upstate New York. There's a there's this band called Pretty Girls Make Graves, and they have a song. And like in the song, she she makes reference to, um. Something like the way things were up in upstate New York or something like that, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means because I live in Bakersfield. It's like 110, <laughs> like 90 percent of the year, but that sounds like fucking romantic. I just imagine people wearing like those like knitted sweaters and like fucking oh yeah, scarves are a scarves, fashion statement. Like yeah. people, you know, holding hands and cuddling and like. You know, drinking coffee, drinking their caveman coffees. And There's shit. a fucking Hallmark store on every corner and shit. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Like you know. That's how I imagine upstate New York is, right? I do too. So, anyways, the Amityville <laughs> Horror House. Um, you know, have you? I, we talked about this on the Patreon, so I already know the answer to this. But have you ever seen or have you ever heard of the Am- before covering this? How much did you know about this? I mean, anybody that's been alive at all in the last twenty, thirty years. I mean, the the, the name Amityville Horror, like you hear it all the time. You you always hear it like the scariest house, the haunted house that ever was, and yeah. whatnot, right? And I was telling you on the Patreon, as I was doing research, and yes, we kind of touched on it on the Ed and Lorraine Warren episode. Go check that out. About a year ago, we touched on that. Um, and they make an appearance. Um, but, you know, I looked at, you know, some of the details for it back in the day or whatever. But doing the research, I was like thinking that the Amityville Horror was based, or the movie that I was thinking about in my head was based upon a whole different event. And so like, I'm going through the things. I'm like, okay, when does this happen? When does... When does this person come and, you know, get his dick sucked by fucking Ally McBeal or some shit? Like, and I was just thinking, I was like, wait, this is not happening. And I'm like, wait, what movie am I? Ally McBeal. Oh, because she lived in New York 
Yeah. Okay. I yeah. was trying to put two and two together. I was like, that's a weird reference. Or Sarah By Jessica. Frazier. <laughs> when is Frazier going to show up? <laughs> Isn't he from Seattle? Yeah, he's from Seattle. Sorry. Hey, baby, I hear the eggs are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. I never understood that theme song, by the way. But it's jazz, bro. It doesn't yeah. have to make sense. It's calling it again. <laughs> <laughs> Great fucking series, yeah. though. Uh, but anyways, as it turns out, the movie I was thinking of is Last House on the Left. Uh-huh. And it came. It dawned on me. I looked it up, and you know, when I was done doing my research, I was like, "Oh shit, I've never seen the Amityville horror movies because there's multiple ones." Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which Last House on the Left have you seen? The old, old one from the seventies, or like the that one? And then there's a newer remake. And I think isn't there like an old, old one with like Vincent Price too, or is that House on Haunted Hill? That's probably House on Haunted Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. like. Last House on the Left was one of like the original like OG Grindhouse movies where they were like showing like things that are, like like that girl that like sucks that dude's dick and then like rips Allie it off. McBeal, yeah, like rips a dude's dick off. Like, <laughs> like that's how I was like. I'm pretty sure Jacob. There's no way like Jacob thought that was Amityville Horror. For like some reason. Bro. Also, there's like goofy cops in that movie. I great great watch by the way but that's something that movies nowadays don't do where like it would be like serious but then it'll be like here's a bunch of goofy cops who don't know like they're like falling out of their cars and shit like but in up soon, upstate new york there's a yeah. charm yeah. yeah there is a charm to it. but anyways guys um uh, as far as what i knew i didn't really know that much besides what like my boy ross told me when we were in fourth grade uh i didn't really know that much about this i thought it was all real i knew a little bit when we did the ed and lorraine warren episode um, but you know what? I should have put two and two together. Cause like I had forgotten that Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved in this. And like, as you may remember, I thought <laughs> they were total like fucking charlatans. Dude. Like, yeah. I still like, I'll take it to my grave that they're fucking frauds. Mm. And fast forward to this, like we'll get into this, but like, I think that this is one of the most like over the top, like dude, there's like so much, so much story to tell, and then really when you break it down, I was watching a, a YouTube video about, about about these things, and they were like, and it was built on an Indian burial ground. Yeah, the nope. Shinnecock. Yeah, it's yeah. like we're not sure uh, if it was actually there, but it could have been somewhere nearby. And it was like, but they would like really emphasize the Indian burial ground thing, mm-hmm. and like also there's been reported of like demons. No, no one's ever reported them, but. There's been talks. It's like, <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? I was just like, as I was watching it, I was like, wait, so you, like, so you're basically saying like, this could potentially be, be yeah, I was like, this could be scary, but it's not. No, I don't yeah. know. That's how I felt about it. But anyways, all right, let's get into it. Yeah. So there, but there is some truth to it. Like, don't let, you know, the, don't the, let the liberal media get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let it fucking uh, sour your sour note on it. We'll get into the, the who, what, when, where, and why of the whole complete story. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But there is a lot of truth, and I think let's the, start with the truth for for sure. Fact. Yeah, let's let's be a couple of truth warriors here uh-huh. and give you the facts. So, um, this the, the actual like home was built in 1926, uh, but the the shit that you're gonna hear uh, happens in November 13th, 1974. Uh, where a man named Ronald DeFeo Jr. runs into Henry's bar saying, you got to help me. I think my mother and my father are shot. Yeah. And so he runs into the bar. He's screaming. He's wailing. He's, you know, as as you would if, you know, you you know you find your parents shot in your fucking childhood home. 
uh, in a small group. They all run to the house. Uh, they call the police, and when the police come, they find six people shot in their bed, all facing face down. You know, so it's just everybody's face down in the bed, you know, being shot from behind execution style. And those six people were, you know, Ronald DeFeo's family. Uh, it was Ronald DeFeo's father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., his mom, Louise DeFeo, uh, his older sister, Don DeFeo, uh, Allison DeFeo, and his two younger brothers, Mark and John DeFeo. And um, obviously, you know, little Ronnie Jr. is the only surviving member. Uh, and he Butch. Tells, Butch, yeah, yeah, his nickname would be. Uh, and he tells the police, you know, he has a hunch that, you know, it might have been uh, this individual named uh, Louis Fellini, who was a uh, part of the mob uh, that had it out for his family because, uh, as it is... Had it out for his dad in particular. Yeah, uh, because, as it turns out, uh, Peter DeFeo, who is uh, Ronald DeFeo's great-uncle, uh, was actual a capo for the Genovese family, and I know... Somewhere down the line, we'll cover, you know, the fucking five families in New York and whatnot or whatever. But we're talking about the mid-70s yeah. where fucking— We're in up, upstate New York right now, not— Not New York, not New the, York. Not the poop state New York. <laughs> but still, the mafia is running wild like Hulkamania in 88. Yeah. So it was very, it was a very plausible um, story for uh, young Ronald DeFeo to tell the police. So they take him into protective custody— and the story kind of goes from there. So just really quickly, in my notes here, I had this one thing that was highlighted here. I'm looking at my notes, and uh, I highlighted 112 Ocean Avenue, which mm-hmm. is the name, which is the street that their house is on. Correct. Um, in high school, there was a band called Yellow Card, <laughs> who had How a song. How the fuck did I know? That's where you were Who going. had a song called There's Ocean. There's a place off Ocean Avenue. Dude, I fucking hate that song. I Oh, we're fist bumping now? Yeah, I fucking hate that song, too, I fucking too, dude. hate that band. I hate that. Dude, that band had a fucking violin the, player in it, dude. That is the beta male national anthem, dude. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. I mean, sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> like th- that that song makes me feel like Joe Rogan, dude. It makes <laughs> me want to like put on one of those Joe Rogan shirts and be like, why are they letting transgender people in the military? You know, it was like, <laughs> like... That song sucks. I I'm sorry if anyone's listening to this and go, damn, dude, I fucking love that song. Like, <laughs> like I know I shit on Cohen and Camry a lot, and Ross hates me for that. But oh, like no. that, I will die in my grave. Like every time we we're this, I was doing research for this, and the Ocean Avenue thing came up. There's I heard that song in my head. Ocean yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh my god, that is the shittiest band, shittiest song. Like that makes fucking Coldplay have sound like Slayer, dude. Oh fuck yeah. Like oh my god. Well, anyways. So that that was just wanted to get that off my chest, but um oh god, but yeah, so that's going on right. While the police is inter- interrogating uh young Butch there, um, all kinds of things start unraveling. They start to realize that Butch already had a, a history of mental health issues, had a history of drug abuse issues. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, a therapist told their parents this kid is going to literally kill you one day if you do not do something about it. I think what they wanted to do was get him committed. Yeah, get him committed. And the police at this point is just like this guy is a fucking like wackadoo. L- wackadoo. Like let's let's not let this guy just go cuz I don't believe this guy's story. Like his story wasn't adding up by the way. Yeah, he told <laughs> that that initial story about fucking uh Louis Fellini fucking, you know, having it out for his father or whatnot, right? And then he started to tell other stories yeah. that just did not make any sense. And as it turns out, 
fucking, you know, they found out that, you know, all the members of the house were shot with a 35 caliber Marlin 336 rifle, which is loud as shit. Important detail, yeah, because it's like, how are you going to shoot one person in their sleep? It's like, the house is not that big to the point where you can't hear it across and down the hall Mm -hmm. and everything. It was explained that you could hear this four blocks over. That's how loud this fucking rifle was or whatever, right? And why would the mob be using it? The mob's all about efficiency or whatever, right? Everyone's seen Goodfellas or whatever. They got, like, the little silencers on the fucking pistols or whatever. So when they shoot, you know, Joe Pesci in the back of the head at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, it's been out for fucking 35 years. (laughs) Um you know, they're, they're all about efficiency, and you know, they, they sleep with the fishes or whatever. They're not going to fucking be sloppy and be shooting people with this loud-ass fucking rifle and whatnot. So the police have, like, their suspicions. The story starts to change. And by the next day, you know, uh, they find out that, you know, he actually admits uh, that, you know, he is the one that shot them. And they yeah. also find out that Felina had an alibi. He was like, you know what? I was at a state. You know, where I couldn't possibly have done this. You yeah. know, all my men, you know, they were they were at the pizzeria down that fucking, you know, thirty fourth street, down by the you know the new Trump Towers, you know what I'm saying? Not only does he admit that he did it though, he starts adding all these like little wrinkles to his story. Mm-hmm. He starts saying that a woman told him, like a demon woman might have told him, a hooded hood. wi- woman. Like all of a sudden the story starts becoming very like who's telling this story? Kanye West? Like <laughs> <laughs> And then well, Pete Davidson P- gave me Pete- the rifle. I saw Pete Davidson in his eyes. I don't know. Just like, it's really, really ridiculous. Like, can you imagine being a police officer and like hearing this shit? Like right away, you would probably be like, oh, well, this dude's like mentally like unstable or like he's just a liar. Yeah. And either way, he fucking did it. Like he's already admitted he did it. That's how I feel. Like, okay. So right now these are like the facts, right? We'll get into the parts that you can dispute down the line. But, I think as a police officer, I would be like, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> you're a liar, sir. But um, especially, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just how I feel. I don't know. Maybe you feel like. Oh, no, no, mm-hmm. totally. Like once the story starts to deviate, like, oh, okay, then there's something here. There's a red flag. that This is Chad calling you, calling your girlfriend at 12 a.m. in the morning and whatnot. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, make a long story short. Uh, he goes to trial October 14th, 1975. Uh, his lawyer, uh, William Weber, tries frantically to try to, you know, get him, you know, plea, you know, under insanity and whatnot. They're throwing all these different stories against the wall. Uh, you know, they, they hire uh, a therapist to, you know, say that, like, he's, you know, mentally incompetent. And it comes out like, you know, the lawyer paid you know, the, the therapist, you know, $8,000 to make up all this information. But so, the prosec- uh, apparently their game plan was to like throw out multiple things, like different stories and like just make them sound crazier and crazier. Correct. Just by throwing out like more scenarios that could be out there, which is a good, that's such a lawyer's strategy mm-hmm. that. Especially when you got an admission. Yeah. 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 It's like, well now he's definitely like mentally unstable like, there's no way he should serve prison time. We, If anything, we should just put him on, like, fucking Ritalin. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to go get a job at Denny's now kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's how I imagine. If you ever go to Denny's at, like, 3 in the morning, all the people that are working there are on, are on Ritalin. Bro, we were just at Denny's last night, and I can attest to that. Yeah. yeah everyone there is on Ritalin, just letting you know. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, that's is, – is there more you want to tell of his story at this point? Well, yeah, then they – um. 
they do. That's like when you get the story about the hooded figure, and this yeah. is where you get the the plot like, well, the demon told me to do it and whatnot, right? And this yeah. is where like the woo woo part of the story comes together or whatever. But yeah, yeah. the prosecution, as it will, a good prosecution is going to have their own therapist and psychologist and whatnot. And as it turns out, that you know, yeah, they did find that you know he did have. Uh, social personality disorder, and he was addicted to heroin, LSD, and antidepressants and whatnot. But, you know, he was still aware of what he was doing. Like Art was saying, you know, back in the, you know, a couple years previous, th- there was doctors telling the family, like, you need to have him committed or he is literally going to kill everybody in the family. Um, so he gets, um, you know, put to jail um, um, November 21st, 1975, and gets six consecutive life terms in prison. So he's serving time in the Pinta, and he will be there, and he will rot there until 2021, where he just recently passed about a year ago and whatnot. So Yeah. Um, and those are the facts. So, yeah, he dies in prison in 2021. Pretty cool. <laughs> but um, so the house is eventually sold. So keep in mind, somebody shows up, cleans the house up. It's like now the real estate agent has a, it's a tough job of selling this house on Ocean Avenue. Oh, God. Sorry. I'm going to have to download that song to insert it. Like, yeah. Just that like. <laughs> oh, God. The fact that you remember that much is like. Oh, God. Oh, it's like giving me like. I just want to vomit, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like smelling like a really nasty smell and like not like poop smell, but like. Like industrial plastic smell, it Ugh. just makes me want to like throw up. <laughs> but anyways, um, the the family, sorry, the family, the uh, a new family does eventually move in. Uh, George and Kathy Lutz uh, eventually move their family in, and I think it's December of 1975. Yeah, December 18th, 1975. So about three weeks after Mr. Ronald DeFeo gets sentenced to life, and they get a fucking killer deal, by the way. Yeah. I, I don't have that number, but I was uh maybe I do have it uh eighty thousand dollars yeah it yeah. wrote down I didn't highlight that but yeah it's eighty thousand dollars dude and I think it was it's in like a six bedroom house or some shit it's a three story house it's like this Dutch colonial mansion that's on on a riverbank right it has a luxurious pool uh-huh. and it sits on the riverbank and it has its own boathouse right so it's like basically a garage parked. And it has his own pier, so you can, you know, just put in your little boats, you know, after, you know, doing your little boating on the river or whatnot. And, and it's just, it's like picturesque. It's like something like a Thomas Kincade card is, like, made out of and whatnot, right? Yeah. And all these homes, like, on the block are probably, like, going for, like, a million, two million or whatever. Like, these, this is, like, where senators and shit for, like, I'm sure Chuck Schumer, like, yeah. he has a house, like, in Amityville somewhere and shit. Like, it's, like, rich folk McGee over here, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And they get this house for the price of, like, a really nice Mustang. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, they're, like, in today's, in today's economy, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. I, I want to go to upstate New York so bad. Just drink yeah. some of that Nantucket blend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Have a nice little sliver of apple pie. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, you know what's another funny thing? People were saying that that little, like, there's like a little lake there or whatever. Mm-hmm. People were saying, like, a boy died there once. And it's like, dude, I bet you every single body of water, dude. Name a body of water. Dude, someone died someone in my pool. Died. Someone died in Jacob's pool, dude. Yeah. That's a body of water right yeah. there, dude. The Kern River takes like fucking like 50 motherfuckers a year dude yep just fucking drowning them and it's dry as shit too and somehow it's still fucking killing people three inches of water dude (laughs) people would just keep fucking dying in that shit (laughs) but um but anyways yeah so this family moves in they're like this is a great deal we got a great deal yeah um 
By the way, I would be stoked if you got that deal on the house like oh, that. Like, fuck yeah, I would dude. fucking be doing somersaults. Dude, let me ask you a question, right? If yeah. you knew somebody got murdered, like a whole family got murdered in that house, but you got a super sweet deal, would you still take it? Done. I don't even care about stuff like that. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'll t- t- take it right now, dude. Like, yeah. especially a house like this. Oh yeah. Oh my god, dude. There's yeah. A good school district and shit. I don't yeah. care, dude. Everyone's been murdered. Like every <laughs> house, like <laughs> so everybody dies. Everybody gets murdered somewhere. Like. Shit just happens. There's trauma everywhere. Like, yeah, it's like it's like going being like, I don't want to go to the hospital because someone died there. It's like, dude, every hospital someone's died. Dude, hospitals should be the most haunted fucking places in America, but for some reason they're not unless they're abandoned. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking that point against ghosts haunted hospitals. There you go. Uh, although there is some cool footage if you ever Google haunted hospitals and like active haunted hospitals. One of the creepiest footages footage I've ever seen is like they had a footage like this like surveillance footage of like this person and it looked like like a fucking like gargoyle was sitting on their chest. Oh wow. It was pretty creepy but like sleep paralysis. Yeah demon. it was pretty fucking creepy but anyways guys um, almost I think it's 28 days from the point that they move in. Mm-hmm. They start experiencing... Actually, no. From the, the They only the last day, 28 days. Yeah, they only last 28 days. I apologize about that. From the day that they move in, they start experiencing things right away. Yeah. they. I, I believe their dog tries to run away and mm-hmm. like kind of hangs itself on accident. <laughs> yeah, on it sounds like a dumb dog, though, to yeah. be fair. That happened to my dog. I used to have a, I used to have a German Shepherd when I was little. Oh, wow. And we had a, we had a grill and like... Whenever it was time to feed him, I would always go to the grill, and the grill had like this little like wooden thing where like I would put his food and like open the can or whatever, and be like, "All right." But he would get really excited, and like one time he like jumped, and his like collar got hooked to the to this little thing where you can hang utensils from the grill, and he started like choking. He was like literally choking himself, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I I was like, "Fucking." Here's some music picked just for you. Oh what, dude? That's creepy, dude. This shit's haunted. Um. And I just had to pick up the dog and like unchoke him. I was like, what the fuck? But anyways, that reminded me of this. But I wasn't all like, dude, it's haunted. A <laughs> <laughs> haunted can of Purina. Yeah, this Purina's possessed. <laughs> yeah. I know I should have went with pedigree. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, that was its initial story. And I was like, that's kind of a weak story. Mm-hmm. Dude. This dog kind of just hung itself. But one thing that is creepy about this is, is like the, the house it did, you know, it was a sweet deal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it was still furnished. It came furnished with all of the DeFeo's fucking uh, furniture. So everything that was in there the day that they fucking died and had to get escorted out by the coroner's office was still in there. Even the beds in which they died at, like the master bedroom, like where the little boys and the little girls fucking passed away, those were all still there. Obviously, they took away the mattresses or whatever. That's a practice that's not practiced as much anymore, but it was a pretty common thing back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I would have like a gigantic fucking like yard sale or put all that shit up on offer up, but yeah, I don't think like I would want all their fucking old shit. Like I'd have to go to more furniture for less, open up a line of credit and get my own shit because like, do you, I was going to say, do you remember when people could get houses from Sears catalogs? Like we weren't alive (laughs) back then, but that used to be a thing. Really? Like, yeah, you could go to a Sears catalog and just like pick the house, like build a house the way you wanted to be like, oh, Oh, I like, I like this bathroom with these doors and I like this. And like, that's how people used to build their houses back in the day. Oh, wow. And so like, um, a lot of times like you built it so specific that like, 
like that chair was for this room and like this bed was for this room. So it's like, if you ever moved out, it's like, well, that bed and that chair were for that. It's not like today. Like now we have furniture that's just like dumb. Like we have like, like I'm sure if you laugh, you wouldn't just be like, well, I don't need this table anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like the furniture is like, you know, very specific to like our needs now kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah. it didn't, I don't think it was like that back then. Like, like chairs were like that's the chair that goes in that corner of that room for some reason and it holds the Annabelle doll. <laughs> like, <laughs> like furniture was just like pointless back then. Like it was just like like aesthetics. Like now you have like computers and stuff. Like you need to put your TV. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even think people even really had TVs back then. Like they used to have those old school TVs where like it looked like furniture. Yeah, I was like, we better make this look like furniture. You yeah. have to leave that one too. <laughs> yeah, leave the fucking TV. Yeah. Did you ever have one of those TVs that was like it looked like it was a big old wooden box? No, I didn't. But my cousin Keith, his grandma had one as recently from as long as we were alive. So like in the late eight, they probably bought it in the like late seventies, maybe late sixties. It was probably one of the first color TVs. And it lasted all the way up, I want to say, to like 2016. Like, Trump was our president, like, Damn. when that TV finally went out. And, like, I just remember, like, it was always, like... The it old was, it, radiation station. Yeah, yeah it, it had, like, that old charm to it. But at the same time, like, it sucked, like, trying to, like, watch TV. Like, I remember I'd have to, like, jerry-rig it to, like, so I can watch, like, Cowboys games, like, when we'd go over there for fucking Thanksgiving yeah. and shit. What'd you guys do after everything went digital? Just watch, like, movies on it? Um, I think I think we had to like convince her to have like one of those like a converter an, box. Yeah, converter box and like those antennas you like smack on the window and yeah, shit. Yeah. So damn. Yeah, it was wild times, man. But then they upgraded to a, a nice you know yeah, flat yeah. screen TV. But yeah, no, I I thought that was weird too. Like the beds, like were the same beds that the fucking family got fucking like killed in. But they're like, oh fuck that, man. A deal is a deal, <laughs> man. These beds, they're still spongy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's character. Just, just ignore the the gobbly goop. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking iron, yeah. man. You fucking you low and iron, man. You had four <laughs> fucking kids. That means you're fucking low and iron. You fucking uh, you fucking feeling a little bit woozy, man. Just take a fucking suck just, out of the bed. Just sniff the bed. Just sniff it. It's dry now. It's just it's like stowing a line of red cocaine. There you go, baby. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, the DeFeos or the Lutz family moves in in December of 1975. And uh, George Lutz, I guess he described himself like as a Methodist, so like he didn't understand this practice. But Kathy Lutz uh, was very much a like hardcore Catholic, and she wanted to get the house blessed by a Catholic priest uh, before you know the family moved in. So as you know, they're bringing in the boxes and stuff into the house. Uh, a Catholic priest named Ralph Pecoraro came, and this is like kind of like where the story you know starts to go into the woo-woo territory. So. Allegedly, he comes to the house and, you know, he starts sprinkling the holy water everywhere and claiming every room, you know, in the name of Jesus and whatnot. Uh, Then he heads upstairs uh, to one of the rooms in which uh, Kathy said was going to be her sewing room. Mm -hmm. And this is where shit starts to get real. Uh, Immediately, he feels the room get super cold and he he hears this disembodied voice yell at him, get out, get out, get out. And then he feels a slap in his face. So, you know, take what you will on that. Uh, then he starts to see, like, in the window, like, all of these flies just start accumulating on the window and whatnot. And he just starts to feel, like, this horrible presence. 
and he runs downstairs, doesn't finish his blessing. He asks George, he goes, hey, make sure nobody sleeps in that room. Don't go in that room. And, you know, he tells him, like, no, nah, it's just going to be Kathy's fucking sewing room. And she doesn't do a lot of fucking sewing, if you know what I mean. This is going to be our fuck. That's where we're going to put the fucking kids' fucking Christmas presents and shit. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. Saying? I think you're going to say, like, sex swing. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're putting the sex swing. Yeah. So, basically, he's, like, good. And just, like, fucking runs out of the house, never to be seen again. Um, and this is from this day forward. This is where all sorts of bad shit starts happening to the priest and the family. Uh, to continue with the priest, uh, he started to develop what's called stigmata blisters on his hands, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is basically like, like you know, Jesus is like hands that you know look like you know yeah, the nails yeah. just penetrated. I, 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 yeah, yeah. You know what's funny about the stigmata thing is like, so I saw that they were like stigmata like blisters developing on his hands and i was like what what does that mean it wasn't like it was very i don't know if the movie shows this i assume the movie is gonna be like full-on stigmata but the reality is like a lot of times it just says stigmata like blisters and i'm like oh dude it sounds like he was just like fucking not washing his hands or washing <laughs> him too much or something that or raking the leaves and got a blister on his yeah, fucking like, hand he just has shit. calluses on his hands and shit it's yeah like, it's like, oh, dude, I'm stigmata now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I um, started to experience all sorts of like weird phenomena. Uh, and then I just started going down the line. There's no reason to go like day by day. There's actually a documentary like on Discovery Plus that goes day by day of every fucking incident. Um, I'm just going to name a few. Uh, George, he would wake up at 3.15 a.m. every single night, which apparently is the same time that the DeFeos were murdered uh, by uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. Uh, and it's also the the devil's hour. Apparently, you know, there's the most paranormal activity at the 3 o'clock hour, the, in particularly the 737 or 315 and 307 uh, because it's a mockery of the Trinity and all the holy numbers you, and shit. You, you want to hear a funny story, and I won't make it too long because I know this, this episode's kind of late, but... One time I woke up at three in the morning and I was like, my, my tummy was rumbling. Had to go <laughs> and, caca? Yeah, and I was like, oh, fuck. It wasn't just that I had to go caca, but it was like <laughs> development, like early stages of diarrhea. Like diarrhea was about to hit, but like, you know, from whatever I had the night before. And like, as I went to the restroom, I realized it was like, it was 3 a.m. when I woke up to go like diarrhea. And like... <laughs> I was just like, as I was like shitting my like guts out, I I could not stop laughing because I was like, <laughs> dude, this is like, this is what all the demonologists are like telling me is like, it finally happened, dude. Like I have fucking caca demons, dude. Just like <laughs> teaching the me diarrhea a lesson. demon, diarrhea demon, dude. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, dude. Got out to Bob. <laughs> yeah, I, I I honestly could not believe that like it finally happened, but it's true. If you ever get diarrhea at three in the morning, you it's know a it's fucking demon, dude. Yeah, and then um, so George wakes up at the the devil's hour at three every every single night. Uh, the family starts to experience personality changes. They start to become more hostile towards each other. Um, the blood, the wall started to like bleed blood. Uh, they started to smell smells. So did it start to be blood? Because I saw it was just g- dripping goo. Well, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, so initially it started to drip blood. They started to smell smells like sulfur and bullshit. Was supposed to, you know, indicate you know a demonic presence. Uh, each family member started to have failing health, like Art mentioned right now. I believe it's called ectoplasm, right? Yeah, where it was like green yeah. goo. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, 
you talk to a different Lutz and you get a different fucking, you know, story. One Lutz said that, like, you know, it was coming out of the walls. Some say it was coming out of the windows. Some say it was actually creeping up the stairs. So it was like a, like a fucking following them, like fucking possessed, like fucking Bill Cosby jello pudding going up the stairs and shit. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, I think the one of the sons came out later to like a Seattle newspaper and said like, yeah, there was like no green slime. That was just something that was just added on later on. And um, another story was that, you know, the toilet, all the toilets in the house started to develop like, uh, black slime on the porcelain. That just happens when you don't fucking wash your. Which I'm assuming it was because the house did. Let, to be fair, the house did sit yeah. for a year, so it's very possible. Technically, I've seen that shit on my toilet too because yeah. I don't clean my shit that often. <laughs> don't take a shit at Art's house. Yeah. You might have fucking, uh, fucking uh, mildew poisoning and yeah. shit. Um, Missy, uh, one of the younger sisters, she started to develop an imaginary friend uh, named Jody, who was this satanic pig with glowing eyes. I guess George Lutz one night saw a fucking satanic pig staring at him in the fucking, uh, through the window and whatnot in one of the trees outside. Uh, Kathy one night started to levitate out of her bed. And then George, you know, he started to have like sleep paralysis and he couldn't bring her down. And then when he finally brought her down, she looked like a 90 year old hag, kind of like Melisandre from game of Thrones. Um, that was an interesting take when they were like, sometimes she was an old hag and sometimes she was back to herself. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting. I never heard anyone tell a story like that before. Like, kind of cool. Yeah, cool, but possibly a lie. Yeah, <laughs> but all, but a lie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they started to hear, on one of the final nights they were there, they started to hear like a chorus of, uh, of voices and loud uh, you know, screams and stuff saying, please stop. Because eventually George and the family started to get sick and tired of all this, all of this shit that was happening. Yeah. And so uh, one of their Catholic friends said, you know, you need to read the Lord's Prayer in every room, open up a window and claim that room for the, you know, in the name of Jesus. And, you know, eventually those voices started to say, please stop, please stop, or whatever, right? Because apparently they hate the Lord's Prayer. Um uh, George, uh, in one of his uh, wakings up, uh, thought he heard a noise down at the boathouse, uh, you know, down by you know the the lake. So he he gets out of bed, he goes to the boathouse, and to shut the door or whatever he thought was going wrong, he looks in Missy's room and he sees all of these shadow figures, you know, going towards her bed. So he runs up there into her room and he doesn't find anything. But you know. Eventually, uh, every other family member would be like, yeah, there was fucking these shadow demon people all over the fucking room and shit. Uh, furniture started moving by itself. I guess there was like this big ceramic lion thing, piece of furniture that, you know, Kathy had. And they would explain that like it would either move across the whole room really slowly or it would creep across the whole room eventually, you know, as they were watching TV and whatnot. Um the dog, like Art said, you know, was, you know, trying to, you know, jump over the fence to get out of the house and choked himself. And at one point, and this kind of like freaked the shit out of me because this is a part of my mom's haunted house story, is that the dog was actually tied up to the tree, similar to my fucking um, experience. And then there was other things like doors and windows would open and shut by themselves. So uh, all sorts of crazy shit, crucifixes going upside down like the movie The Nun uh, apparently there was a red room in the uh, the basement where there was supposed to be all sorts of demonic activity, but it was just pretty much just a house of horror. Like you can go on and on and on and on forever for three hours with all the fucking paranormal 
uh, experiences, the less family we're having. You know, so at this point, uh, they start to get paranormal investigators to come in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they bring the, the heavy hitters in. They do bring Ed and Lorraine Warren in. But they also bring in a bunch of, like, no names. And it's important to note, too, that initially... They were they just moved out of the house like they they went to I guess Kathy's uh, mom's house, and they were looking for help from the priest, the original uh, priest Pecoraro, mm-hmm. and I guess like every time they would call him, like the phone line would get cut off or there would be static or whatnot, and somehow some way it went to um, the Channel Five News in New York, and Alora DiDio, she's the one that contacted you know the def- or the Lutzes. And then she contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren, and Ed and Lorraine Warren went to the house about three months after the Lut- or the Lutzes move out of there. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so when Ed and Lorraine Warren are there, they do their investigation. They pretty much deem it to be a demonic mm-hmm. demonic haunting. Like it's, I don't know, this is where it gets like pretty technical, and I don't really understand the ins and outs of like a haunted house. Like someone died here, but it's not that. This is demonic. And I guess they try to also say that the reason why um, th- why Butch killed his family and did that whole like thing was because he was possessed and this is demonic and it had already been going on and it was built on like an Indian burial ground. It was basically like demonic from the start. Yeah. Um, during this time period, they start in doing these like like little experiments, like what you would basically see on a ghost hunter show. <laughs> um, and they take one of the most like famous pictures in like ghost hunting like history i guess which Correct. is a picture of a staircase with a little boy with like glowing eyes in the corner and i'll be honest with you this i did know about this picture but i didn't know that this was from this case and i didn't know it was from ed and larry and warren um i also didn't know and not to like completely debunk it right away but i didn't know that one of the other ghost hunters had his young boy there with him. Correct. <laughs> and was just basically like running amok in the house and would even later on be like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, if you guys want to believe it, that's up to you guys. Like, What makes his quote even more shady is he's like, I knew Ed and Lorraine Warren for years and I respect their work and not to discredit this picture, but I'm going to let the, the story of the most haunted house live on. I won't discredit it. Basically saying it's bullshit without saying it's bullshit yeah, or whatever. Beautiful quote. Yeah, but like it 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 was weird because like, okay, yeah, the Channel 5 uh, news anchor, she brings in Ed and Lorraine Warren. And with that being said, like they were going to be the only ones that were going to be there. But then all of a sudden, like all these other like paranormal psychics and ghost hunters and whatnot show up. And Ed and Lorraine Warren, they hold this seance. And to me, like, that's like, to me, like, that's red flag number one. Now, believe it, believe in what you will or whatnot, but you're basically invoking spirits at that point. So if you're going to, to quote what I just said last week, if you go out looking for the devil, you're going to find him, especially if you start having a seance. And you watch, like, the documentary that's on uh, Discovery Plus. I'm sure it's, like, on Hulu and shit as well. It probably made it on its way to YouTube. But you see, like, all these fucking psychics and whatnot, like, having, like, convulsions and whatnot and, like, enter every room and, you know, get scared, you know, and start jumping and whatnot. Um, but art is right. You know, Ed and Rain Warren, they set up this camera. Uh, it's pretty cool for, like, 1975 times. Um, so it was, like, March 6th of 76. And it was this infrared time-lapse camera. So anytime there was movement, it would take a picture. And 
I'll post it on the YouTube. And if you're listening to us on the regular podcast, you know, just Google the picture, just Demon Boy, Amityville or whatever, right? And it does look freaky as shit because his eyes are glowing. Yeah, yeah. But with any old ass fucking camera with flash (laughs) in the dark, you take a picture like that at a high speed, of course you're going to have fucking glowing eyes because it's your eyes reflecting the flash in in the frame. And you do look at the guy, the other paranormal researcher's son or nephew, I think it was, and it looks just Google 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 search the picture on this. He looks just like the quote unquote demon. Oh, boy it looks in the just like it. Like it's not even. It's not even a question. I think even um, the little boy was wearing the exact same shirt. Correct. Like the shirt even matches, and it's like okay, well, I guess we'll just believe it to believe yeah. it now. And I remember, remember when we had the what's it called graveyard shift? Those those swell guys. Yeah, yeah, on? yeah. And they were like defending that fucking picture to like its core. And I was just like, it, all it takes is like one like lazy ass fucking Google search to like yeah. fucking debunk it. But people want to believe what they want to believe. Yeah. I mean, there's strange pictures. I'll be honest with you. There's like, uh, you know, I don't know how well this would translate to doing an episode like this, but there's like strange pictures that you can find. Like there's that ghost falling from the ceiling picture. I know we talked about that on that episode. There's also the one about like a, a wife and 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 her husband. They're standing there, and there's like it looks like a dog face, like literally standing behind them. It's very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so there's really like creepy, unexplained photos. But I just feel like this one's not one of them. And it looks too like fucking perfect of a, like a picture of a boy for oh, it to absolutely. be a demon. It looks like your son. Like if we just, I bet we could recreate that picture with your son. Like <laughs> we just have him off to the corner, and we just tell him like, hey. Look over here, and he like turns, and we just like snap the picture right there yeah. and then. We could do that. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Like, Demon Boy in Art in Art and Jacob Studio and <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, but that picture doesn't come out till 1979, and when Ed and Lorraine Warren are on the Merv Griffin show. Um, but Ed and Lorraine Warren, they kind of do some quote unquote research on the land, and this is where you get like that story that Art was talking about, like ancient burial grounds. Apparently, Lorraine Warren went to the local library and found that the Shinnecock tribe. Uh, where the Amityville house was at uh, was a part of some land that the Shinnecock tribe would send like their mentally ill or their possessed, you know, tribesmen, you know, to go live, to be away from the tribe, if you will, to get them with the fuck out of there or whatever. And there was a lot of death, a lot of suffering and whatnot. So there's a lot of bad energy on those grounds and that's where they would bury those people to get rid of them and whatnot. I guess fast forward a few hundred years later, uh, a man named John Ketchum actually owned the land, and he was a practitioner of black magic. And he actually owned a cottage around the same area where the Amityville house was on Ocean Avenue. On Ocean Avenue. And, uh, you know, he pra- practiced all sorts of satanic fucking uh, spells and shit, just like Aleister Crowley and shit back in Scotland. Uh, and his body is actually still buried on the premise today. So apparently, according to Lorraine Warren, yeah. you have all these mentally ill fucking, you know, Indian ghosts on the land buried underneath the house, as well as this black magic practitioner, John Ketchum, on there. As it turns out, most of that is fucking not true. Yes, there was a man named John Ketchum that lived in the area, but it was a bit, I guess it was apparently two blocks down. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing starts kind of unraveling fairly quickly once you yeah. start looking into it. And it's a damn, sh- it's a damn shame. But even that that tribe is it the the Shinnecock? Shinnecock, yeah. Like even they're kind of like, yeah, we did that, but that was like 
a mile. It was like ten miles down the road from where <laughs> you guys were at. But like, I don't know. That's a pretty big like. It's like to me, it's like trying to fit like a square peg in a circular hole. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, it was, it was just so many stretches. Like at this point, you know, mm-hmm. and and Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved. I uh, that's where you kind of lost me at that point. That's where you get skeptical hippo. I do. I'm trying to look up this funny thing I saw about this house. But sorry, continue. Yeah. So. Uh, the story doesn't really end there. Uh, an actual book of the Lutz's uh, experience actually goes into production, uh, actually written by a Jay Anson. And I guess this is like his only work because I couldn't find any other books written by Jay Anson. Maybe this was like his one-shot McGee or whatever. Uh, but this is where you get the title Amityville Horror. Uh, it sells 10 million copies. It's released September 13, 1977. And in great detail... Details everything that I just said, you know, a few minutes earlier. Uh, a few years later, you get the movie, I guess the quote, the, or the classic movie, Amityville Horror, that comes out July 27th, 1979. Uh, I think at the time, it was the highest grossing independent film. Uh, and it basically details everything that I just went over as well. Mm-hmm. It comes under scrutiny because it's sold as the true story of the Lutz family and whatnot, right? And it comes under scrutiny by a lot of critics, and they're like, wait, you know, like, this can be easily explained. You know, other owners of the house, so after the Lutzes move in, uh, other people own the house, and they report, they start, you know, poking holes in the Lutzes' story. I guess uh, George Lutz said that, like, he changed out, like, a lot of the locks and, you know, doorknobs and stuff because all this fucking ectoplasm was coming out. (laughs) But, like, later owners would be like, no, like, none of that was changed. Yeah, yeah. None of that was, like, fucked up. And then, like, there would be, like, documentaries that would come out later on where, like, uh, you know, uh, little girls that used to play with uh, the DeFeo girls, you know, I mentioned that that, that Red Room. Uh, Lorraine Warren said, like, this is the most satanic part of the house. This is where the demon is dwelling. The ghost demon pig thing? Yeah, this is where it is originating at. And one of the friends of the DeFeo girls said, like, no, this is actually our old play area. Like, we used to store toys here and shit. This is where, you know, Malibu Stacy was living at and shit, <laughs> right? And so all of this starts to come out that it was bullshit. Like, a lot of these stories, like, is kind of, like, suspect. And then George Les finally comes out. Like, they're making the rounds. They're, like, on the Merv Griffin show. They're, like, on the fucking, uh, what's his name, Johnny Carson show or whatever. They're fucking rock stars at this time when the movie's coming out. And they start, you know, bringing this to their attention. Like, well, what about these holes in your story? And they're like, you know what? Most of it did happen, but the books and the movie fucking amplified it. And they're like, well, why back in the day, like when all this was being like released and the press release and other people were interviewing you, you guys didn't say that it was amplified. You said this is the exact story. Like this was a truer story has never been told. Why did you say this? And they kind of like get pissed off and kind of go into hiding. They flee to fucking San Diego or whatever. And you kind of don't hear from them ever again. The the husband does have this really pretentious quote of saying like, what actually happened was a lot scarier than what was filmed. And it was like, oh, whatever, dude. Um, I don't know if maybe I missed it, but... um, the the girls do say that the uh, the pig or whatever the pig that they would their pig friend or whatever mm-hmm. that was just actually a nickname that they had for like a fat cat in the neighborhood. Correct. And like somehow that became like oh a fat pig they have a fat pig mm-hmm. like demon friend that the kids see or whatever and so they're like just wrote it into like we'll just turn that fat cat into a fat demon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was like kind of funny that they were just like 
grasping at straws at this point, but. Mm-hmm. And then another thing too, I guess later on, um, one of uh, the Lutz family uh, boys, he's interviewed by a Seattle newspaper, and he says, "You know what? A lot of there was a lot of paranormal activity that did happen in that house. We did see entities. There was things. Yes, the book and the movie were overblown. None of the fucking." Fucking uh, Bill Cosby jello pudding fucking ectoplasm ever followed us up the stairs or came out of the fucking ceiling. No, no blood or guts was dripping out like the shining or whatever, right? None of that really happened, but there was some paranormal activity. But the reason for that was is that George Lutz actually bought the house with the intention to invoke spirits. I guess apparently he was a dabbler in the occult. So, like, I guess he would do, like, say, uh, not seances, but would do, like, rituals and whatnot to summon, you know, spirits and whatnot. And the r- reason why they did buy the house, not only because it was a steal of a deal, but because George Lutz loved the fact that he was going to live in a house where six people were murdered. There was a lot of negative energy in that home. So it wasn't the fucking Indian burial ground or some black magic practitioner. It was actually George Lutz summoning those spirits himself. Have you ever heard the story of the Watcher? I know it's it currently has a Netflix movie out based oh, on yeah, it. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um, so that's based on a true story. It reminds me a lot of this, where like, I feel like the family that owned the house really craved the publicity of it. Like they knew the the allure and just wanted to ramp it all up. And you, like, once things got so big, like there was only so much you could like. It, it was like you know. I feel like the the story was too good not to sell it, like turn it into a movie, which eventually oh, yeah, turned Netflix. into two different movies. Same thing with The Watcher. The Watcher was like, oh, this is so, I'll be honest with you, that's a topic we haven't covered, but I, I think I know enough where I'm like, they're fucking liars, and like, yeah. <laughs> they lied about all this stuff, and like the family just made all this money off of it, and now there's a Netflix movie on it. Uh, like, I feel like never underestimate the greediness of, of like the human human being like people are willing to like lie and go through all this bullshit just to like get some publicity and make money off of it and they made money off the tv deals they made money off the the book deals the tours that they went on like on their like sally jesse Raphael shows (laughs) or whatever like i mean they had enough movie to move from upstate new york sorry i just spit on you i promise Mm -hmm. i don't have covid i didn't i didn't feel it uh, but they had enough money to move across the country from upstate New York <laughs> to San Diego, like yeah. which is literally paradise and shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Like they were making bank. Like and like the fact that they could just retire quietly mm-hmm. tells you how much money they made in that process. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure they're still making money off royalties. Like I think. If the dude from Smash Mouth is still doing well, <laughs> <laughs> that Shrek money, from, baby. Like, those two movies, uh, the two songs that he did, and I guess Shrek took him over the edge, um, but he's still doing well. Like he's alive and kicking. Like I can only imagine. Yeah. These guys, they have two movies. And what's funny, you mentioned like the whole liar, liar, pants on fire thing, or whatever, right? So William Weber, which was uh, Ronald DeFeo's lawyer, um, Apparently, he was the first person to approach the Lutzes with um, the idea of like, hey, turn your story into, you know, a book. 
turn your story into a movie and then just cut me like 5% or whatever it is, right? Just because, you know, we're coming together. I'm going to write the, the contract. Like, I'm going to do all the legalese stuff or whatever, right? You know, I'm, I'm over here, you know, doing deals for the Genovese family. I could do something for you. I could, make, I could get you a nice little Trump suit. What you want? But he says that. I mean, the Lutzes are like, they get greedy. They're like, no, we don't want to share this with anybody else. And so they start telling their story, you know, to Jay Anson, who turns it into the book, ends up kind of fucking them out anyways, because I think they only get like $800,000 for like the book and whatnot. But uh, it comes out when William Weber, you know, was approaching them to turn their story into a book or a movie deal. He said that we kind of came together and created this story over many bottles of wine. So like <laughs> makes sense. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. Yeah. And I was just like when I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, of course it is, right? Because it's like yeah, like you have the built in fact of the matter that yes, his client murdered six of his family members in there. Of course there's a fucking demon. He's the one that perpetrated the story of the hooded demon that gives him the fucking gun. Which could have been which to circle back on the um that I thought that that was weird that fucking he killed six members of his family all by himself. Like there had to have been somebody else in the house. Well, that a lot of people say that there was a second gunman. Mm-hmm. There was the theory that he had some kind of weird relationship with his sister. Incestuous. Incestuous relationship with the sister that they were like hooking up and their game plan was to like kill the family and kind of run away together. And then apparently like they would have gotten, they got in a fight. <laughs> like, yeah. People are saying that that's what happened. So they get in a fight, and that's why he runs through the bar, which right away, telephones were around back then. Yeah. I don't understand why he ran to the bar. I mean, you got a boathouse in your backyard. I'm sure you have a telephone in the house. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, this dude ran to the bar um, and brings like a posse of like random drunk dudes from the bar to like come check out this murder. You guys want to see a dead body? Yeah. And they just all show up. Yeah, it's fucking, fucking random shit. And DeFeo, he he's to, I've watched some of his prison interviews, and like he's all over the place. He's literally told three thousand different fucking stories or whatever, right? It was him and his sister. It was him, his sister, and two other friends. It was him and uh, his wife that didn't exist or whatever. That's mm-hmm. there's a whole backstory with that, and her brother-in-law coming in to help him do it or whatever because the demon possessed all of them and shit. It is fucking literally all over the place. But I don't think DeFeo did it by himself because for him to kill the parents. And then kill four other children's execution style, and only two of them, the coroner says, was awake during that. The mom and one of the sisters, and it was like the loudest gun you can purchase yeah, in the world. It's a and fucking shit. bazooka. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and nobody woke up in the house. Like, come on, like they're like you had to say one, two, three, and then like two or three other people shot the other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so is that where you stand? You think it's all bullshit? I clearly from the beginning I thought it was all bullshit, but. I kind of believe uh, one of the Lutz's son, and forgive me, I fucking forgot to write his name down, but when he was interviewed, I think it was in 2004 by the one of the Seattle newspapers, uh, he was explaining how, he actually changed his name from Lutz to like his original birth name and whatnot. To Klutz. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that, you know, it's just like, that George Lutz was fucking, he was money hungry and he knew what he was doing yeah. when he bought the house. Like he was the one invoking those spirits. And I kind of do believe it because I do believe, like you see interviews with the Lutz family. Some of the stories they tell, like there's no bullshit behind. Like you know the 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 shadow figures and things like that. You know furniture moving and whatnot. I kind of believe that stuff. 
And I th- it does explain if George was bringing that into the house, knowing that six people died, right, in the house, like, a year earlier. There is residual negative energy in there, and you're fucking egging it on, like Aleister Crowley or fucking Anton LaVey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, yeah, you're going to experience some paranormal activity. And, of course, since then, there's no more paranormal activity because that presence is no longer there. So, to me, I think that part of it's true. Of course, I do think that, like, 90% of the other bullshit is fake, like the fucking the gelatin <laughs> shit and the and the flies that would pop up in the middle of December. Like, I think that's bullshit. But I think there, at its core, there is some, tr- like, a small kernel of truth. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always tough to, like, like, I think weird things happen to everyone. Like, everyone has a weird story where they heard knocking or they woke up in the middle of the night and they thought they heard some footsteps or something like that. Like, weird stuff like that happens, like, in brand new homes, right? Just unexplained shit. But I think because that kid was being told, like, you grew up in a haunted house. This is fucking jelly everywhere. Like, he, I think he might believe that. And I, he'll probably take that to his grave, believing that that's what he saw and that's what it was. But... I think that was already implanted in his brain. I, I think that his parents were telling him, like, we live in a haunted house. There's a fucking demon. There's a semen demon in here. <laughs> semen demon. And, like, it's fucking jelly. Right. It's fucking spraying its gobbagoop everywhere, dude. <laughs> 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 like, it's just, it's, I, I the kid's story, and even as he grew older, I think I'm going to just say, like, I don't know, dude. Like, you, mm-hmm. you just, I don't want to say brainwashed, but I think kids can get, brainwashed like that after you know like by just adults like i just think adults fucking brainwashed him i don't know i don't want to say there was nothing but i would say if there is something it's probably no more than like you know there were flies in this room once or something like that but would it make sense though even if there was flies in the middle of the winter and whatnot i mean for fuck's sakes will or ronald defeo left the bodies in there for 48 hours Took yeah. a bath, went to work. So yeah, I'm sure there was like some maggots like in the window. Residual so, maggots. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm almost positive of that shit though. Like like there's <laughs> brain matter that fucking didn't get cleaned properly. I mean, for fuck's sake, they left all the fucking furniture in there. I mean, you need to tell me there's not fucking like a piece of like their back. Like oh, I'm a, sure it's still like even though maybe we can't smell it, like flies can smell the oh the, definitely the decay. And you see like there there's like blood splatter every fucking where and whatnot. Yeah. Right, I don't care how much you went. To fucking Sherwin Williams and got the <laughs> thickest paint. Like, there's still gonna be some blood <laughs> under that shit, dog. Just want to say, Sherman Williams has the weirdest ad. Like, they have that. It's like the. It's like Earth, right? And it's like pouring red paint. <laughs> it always looks like blood. Like they're pouring blood on Earth. <laughs> have you seen the Sherman? You want know to talk no, about? That was like, fucking creepy. L- l- let me look it up because like, the Sherman Williams ad makes no goddamn sense. I'm always like, how in the who approved this? That sounds like blood Sherman magic. Sherman Williams. It's like their main logo, dude. It's like the first thing I type in. That's the image that came up. Oh, wait. Now it's giving me a bunch of paint samples. <laughs> Sherwin Williams. Let me look up logo. Blood. Red Earth. Yeah, right here. It says cover the earth. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is Like, who came up? Who okayed this? It was like just blood everywhere. That's I guess that's earth down here. 
<laughs> Getting blood dumped all over. I don't know. Shit. This is Sherman Williams Paint. Oh, I guess that makes uh, sense. Their last name must be Bathory. They're fucking art director. Yeah, I was like, God damn, dude. Who who the fuck said? Let's go with that. I've always liked it because it looks like something that like a fucking emo kid would come up with. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just changed the ad, dude. Yeah. Anyways, Art, <laughs> on that note, do you have anything else on the uh, Amityville Horror? No, I mean, I just want to thank our sponsors, Sherman Williams, <laughs> Caveman Coffee, um, keep doing Sucre Apero, keep doing what you're doing, Sherman Williams, keep filling the world with blood. Uh, I got nothing. I mean, I just think that, um, I think it, it's all made up. Anytime I see Ed and Lane Warren, every time I see this this time period in, like, what, you know, hauntings, I think that this is the, the era of embellishments. This is the era of like back in the day when people, everyone was a witch or like whatever, like the witch hunt type of thing. The beginning of the satanic panic. Yeah, this was, I mean, that is what it is. Shout out to last podcast on the left. You know, if, if you were like, oh, I want to hear more about this. They cover this episode as well. But they t- they talk about one thing that we didn't really bring up. And that's that at this time period, you know, the exorcists had come out and mm-hmm. everyone was becoming fanatical about, you know, priests fighting the demonic demons and all this stuff and like is it possible and all of a sudden it just became blasted down everyone's throat satanic panic don't let your kids listen to acdc all this stuff like and who was there ready to rake in all the money ed and lorraine warren Mm. and all the other like demonologists or whatever they called themselves paranormal investigators they were all there ready to like find the next you know or the real life um exorcist case correct and this felt just like that like many many other cases that were just like let's just fucking rake it all in while we can yeah and they're still doing it yeah i mean there's still amityville horror fucking movies coming yeah. out i mean the, the, it has its own wikipedia of fucking you know Movie. sequels of the amityville horror or whatnot but i do think it is important to note that you know you look at the house it does look creepy, right? The original uh, build of the house, how it has like those two uh, eyes basically yeah. on the side of it. And I guess like future owners like renovated and it's like, nope, take those fucking eyes off because that is a fucking creepy thing to have. Like fucking straight up eyes yeah, on yeah. the side of the house. I didn't know that it had that. I thought it was a joke that it had those, but it is it is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, have you heard of that house? It's supposed to be like the most haunted house in, in the United States. And it's shaped like a giant upside down cross. Like it's like a really? big black house and it's shaped like an upside down cross. It's supposed to be one of the most haunted places in the United States. Well, yeah, you put it upside down and, cross. And yeah. I and that's exactly what I thought. Because everyone points out like if you look at it from the sky, it's an upside down cross. And it's like, or it's a T. It's just the letter <laughs> T and or or a regular cross to paint oh, on I where you're you looking. I thought you meant like the whole thing was like upside down cross, like from the foundation. Oh, no, 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 no. no oh, from, no, the, no. from a bird's so, like, eye view. Yeah, from a bird's eye view, it's it's a T. And some people say it's an upside down cross, but but it's like, or it could just be a regular cross, depending on which way you're looking at it. It's fucking stupid. Maybe we should cover that down the line, but it's one of the dumbest things ever. Yeah. But apparently, it's the most haunted house in the United States. Okay, okay. <laughs> next Halloween, we'll get to that yeah, one. Next man. Halloween, but yeah, I don't got anything else. Amityville Horror, we yeah. did it. Done, done. Sherman Williams, we did it. We covered it. We covered Earth, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Ask now, ask how, ask Sherman Williams. But with that said, Art, 
Uh, I'm done with this. Uh, happy Halloween. I know you're going to Oogie Boogie Fest tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I think we're just taking the boy out to go trick-or-treating in one of his three Halloween costumes. So he's going to have fucking a costume change, like yeah. Lady Gaga and shit. You guys so. doing it like Boo at the Zoo or something? Zoo no, we're just going to go in the hood and fucking get Snicker bars and shit. Uh, so. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. yeah, I think I wanted to go trick-or-treating with my niece and nephew, um, but I don't think I want to drive. <laughs> So I'm just going to stay home and watch uh, the new VHS movie, which I think Ross said was good, but not a classic. So I'll be the judge of that. With a nice cup of caveman coffee in your sweatpants, right? Probably. Probably just eating like... I've been trying to eat super clean, so it's just going to be... Yeah, caveman coffee in the morning. I'll just have chicken and quinoa for dinner. There you go. That sounds very spooky. Yeah. You're not going to have diarrhea at the devil's hour. I'll tell you that for sure. But with that said, guys... If you're hearing this episode on Halloween or past Halloween, you want to get at us or give us your thoughts and opinions on the Amityville Horror. There's something we missed and you want us, you want to shout it out to us, guys. Hit us up on all the social medias, at Art and Jacob Do America. Except for Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Because goddammit, son, sometimes that's just how a steak is done. That shit is delicious on mashed potatoes. I will tell you that for sure as well. So try that. Let me know how that feels for you on all the social medias. If you guys, if you want to help support this podcast in any way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the Patreon over at patreon.com slash America, where every single week we put together a bonus episode for your listening pleasure. So if you like this episode and want to hear great content, nine times out of ten, those Patreon episodes are better than the actual episode that you're hearing today for free. So head on over there. I think this week we talk in detail about how Jonathan Davis got molested. <laughs> and that's why he drives a big lifted truck with a big bullet on the back. Uh, but head on over there, subscribe $1, $2, $3, $10, $666.66, $6, cents, whatever you want to donate to help make this podcast podcast that much better, head on over there. Uh, if you want to support us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the website over at artandjacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch links. Uh, buy yourself one of our four designs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, satchels, tampon applicators, whatever you want, guys. It has the Art and Jacob logo and design on it. Uh, it's not so much to help us financially, but it does help promote the podcast. Uh, if you're out there demon hunting with the, uh, you know, uh, 2022 versions of Ed and Lorraine Warren or Zach Baggins or whatever, and Zach Baggins sees an Orange Jacob Do America T-shirt and he says, "Hey, these one and a half Mexicans over here want to start some shit with me. They want to fight me. I'll fight Zach Baggins, but I want them to listen to our podcast first to get that fucking idea. So head on over there, buy a T-shirt, help promote that podcast to be a walking billboard if you will." Uh, guys, uh, if you want to hear other great podcasts, I uh, highly recommend heading on over to podbelly.com where the great and powerful Sofa King, I think they cover this topic. I'm pretty sure I of assume it. they would. I don't think, I haven't heard it, but I feel like they should. They should have. If they haven't, guys, you need to get up on top of it. Maybe wait a couple months. But yeah, I mean, they've covered goats and ants. I'm pretty sure in between somewhere there, they've covered the yeah. before, but Head on over there, check them out, as well as Robots for Eyes and Hillbilly Horror Stories. But with that said, guys, I'm out. I'm done. I'm tired. Yeah, it's bedtime, dude. Yeah, I got to fucking go to sleep so I can wake up and do yard work in the morning. So with that said, guys, I love you. Goodbye, good night, and happy Halloween, motherfuckers. God bless you. There's a place off Ocean Island.